this week on The Other Kind Radio. Something to see, yeah. Nothing like it, baby. When you rolling with me, I get it. Top down with the warm summer breeze. How I like it when you rolling with me. Yeah, my baby, he a shorty. He ain't got nothing to know. He's in out to be sorry. Every time he come around me, baby, I get naughty. Switching up this weather that you drop on my body. Studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the podcast known as the Other Kind Radio, Talk Radio. Today is August fourth, and this is episode ninety-five. The Other Kind. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast in which Todd and Jeff ping pong around all things pop culture and deliver to you the kind listener. Hope you're having a good week. Hope you're staying safe. We got a really, really good show today. I'm so excited. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I am. I'm on cloud. 12 if there's one. By the way, my name's Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd will be on shortly. As we always encourage our listeners to like, subscribe to The Other Kind Radio by doing so. You're helping feed that algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show in its gravitational pull. This episode of The Other Kind Radio is brought to you by Pub 134. Pub 134 is located in Maple Village here in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, and uh, Nick and his talented teams of bartenders and being socially distant and safe are ready to serve you. Wednesday night, bags lead, uh, league, which is fun if you like throwing bags around. Uh, and then on Thursdays, they've started up karaoke. So if you want to swing by, uh, to this week's secret word is carpool. So walk into Pub 134, tell Nick carpool, and he'll give you, a, you know, half on your first drink or something like that. All right. So that's enough of me. Let's get to the meat of the show. Let's bring the true talent on. My podcast partner. He is a family generator, film school graduate, movie maker, guitar and drum player, book author, dive bar boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man live from his studio in the great state of Texas and delivering the pop culture significance of the number 95. Please welcome Todd. Hey, Jeff. How is everyone today? <laughs> I'm excited just like you are, and I'm going to try and blaze through. We aren't going to fart around with all the stuff that's going on in my world. We're going to jump right to that number 95 because Jeff told me to research 96 when we started, but I'm going to say 95 because <laughs> it is the episode that we're on. 95, and we all know Wikipedia is going to tell us this amazing stat is a natural number following 94 and 96, but also it is the 30th distinct semi-prime and the fifth of the form. No idea what it means, Wikipedia. I tried to look that up. <laughs> Screw that. Don't care. We can look into that 95 was a massive year for computers as well. Windows 95 comes out and begins to revolutionize the internet aspect. The first browser to truly in, incorporate integration of uh, internet elements into it. 
We also have, and I'm going to give this for the Star Wars nerds of the world, the Z95 Hen Hunter is a ship in the Star Wars universe. Even as a Star Wars freak myself, I didn't know that, but Wikipedia <laughs> says it's true. So there it is. That ties into it too. Also, in the year 1995, eBay started its online auction firm. I didn't realize that they were actually that mid-90s. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and we hear Serena over there. She's going to join us in a second, and, and I'm going to ask her. Yes. I don't, I don't know how old she is, and I don't know if, if she... I, I, I don't want to see I'm, I'm too much of a Southern boy. I can't ask a lady her age, but 95, I'm wondering how old she was, if she was even around at 95. Yeah. Careful. Anyway, we we want her on for the entire hour. So let's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please don't leave because Todd jumps into the age bracket. Uh, the DVD is announced in 1995. It would revolutionize the distribution of home content until streaming came along and completely obliterate everything else. Lastly, American rock band, The Grateful Dead, announced its breakup, which apparently held for all of 95 seconds. Toy Story <laughs> became the first wholly generated computer film. Batman Forever, Apollo 13, GoldenEye, Jumanji, Braveheart were some of the big films of that year and musicians that were really hitting it. Weezer, Smashing Pumpkins, Rage Against the Machine, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Madonna, Garth Brooks, Blues Traveler, and Janet Jackson. That's 95. And let's move on to episode ninety-five. Yeah, I was going to say, well done. That was uh, that was that was probably one of your best ones there. Uh, we, we we would be remiss, Todd, also if we didn't take one second here. Both of our mothers had birthdays this past weekend, and uh, you know I still want to get a Christmas present. Uh, so happy birthday, mom and uh, Todd. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, mom. I, mom doesn't even know how to listen to a podcast, so this won't hit her, but I love you. You're, you're, you're half the reason that I am the man I am today. It's, it's, it's out there. It's just, it's in the ether. All right. Would- She's been so patient to sit there and listen to us babble on our, our intro of the show. So let's go ahead and uh, welcome our special guests uh, this week. And uh, like I said, super excited. She is an independent songwriter, producer, producer, studio engineer, credited actor, YouTube and Twitch content creator, and makes a heck of a caprizi salad. I witnessed that myself. Live from her studio in California, please welcome the multi-talented Serena. All right. <laughs> welcome, Hello. welcome, welcome. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, uh, welcome, welcome to the program. And I, I do want to, I do want to start. Okay, that's enough, crowd. You're good. You're good. All right, you're going crazy. All right. Wow. Um, I do want to kind of start with a, a little bit of how we got to the point that we're at right now. Which is, I was watching stream uh, streams on Twitch one one particular evening, and came across your stream, and was just blown away by the fact that you were uh, running back and forth between your computer and the microphone, and going and adjusting and adding layers and all this other stuff that Todd knows a lot more about. And I was just like, this is incredible. And that's immediately when I reached out and said, you know, would you please come on our little old podcast here to uh, to talk music? Because I think uh, what you're doing is is not only amazing, but uh, the information that you're passing along to other artists and your openness with being able to talk about what kind of software you use, and what your, your process is, I think is is a great service as well. Um, so that's kind of where we got, you know, here. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, I know we wanted to start off uh, today's show with just like 
what currently do you have going on? What is your top-notch thing to, to tell us about right now? Um, hi, everybody. Uh, so I just want to say first that that intro was so epic. And um, even though I don't have a, you know what I'm saying, I can't relate to the year 95. <laughs> that was like the coolest thing to hear and to like all those facts. And it was so interesting. And I do love Star Wars, even though it's before my time. I love Star Wars so much. And I've watched every single Star Wars. So I do can relate to that just so you know um but i do want to say <laughs> hi everybody what's going on yeah my name is sarita um it's i'm really happy to be on this podcast today i'm excited about it um i have to say my ocd is kind of kicking in because it says number 96 on it's if it's podcast number 95 but it says number 96 on the page and i'm not sure if that's like um <laughs> On purpose. So let me help you out right now. Jeff is a friend of mine from so long back, and he will constantly, as we do the show, and, and he's going to kill me later, but he'll go, hey, it's episode 96, and I'll research and get the 96 facts, and then right before we start, he's like, it's episode 95, and I'm like, crap. Yeah. So just ignore the 96. Yeah, you, okay. you passed the test. That was a test, and you passed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. Um, so yeah, so, so yeah, guys. So basically I'm, uh, what I got going on is, uh, as you know, I'm streaming a lot right now. Coronavirus has me streaming a lot more than ever before. Um, and I'm, uh, in the middle of continuing my musical journey forward, uh, via live stream while I can't go out and tour. So this, you know, this upcoming month I've got, a single that I'm preparing to drop and my, uh, my tour is going to happen. I'm going to basically just do a virtual tour. I've got a single dropping in a couple weeks. It's called falling. Um, so keep an eye out for that, but I'm about to embark on a virtual tour. So similar to if I were going to go on a real tour, I'd be in this city one day in this city, the next day, um, uh, because I can't actually travel right now. I'll probably be in this room every day. So I'm going to do it from the studio. I'm just going to do the whole tour live from the studio. Um, and people from all over the world are going to tune in every single day. So I'll be in many countries at once, but all at once. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, especially with everything going on, that's, that's just a great um, way of kind of just dealing with that, you know, and, and not being able to physically travel or, or go anywhere. Uh, go ahead, I talk. can jump in there too because we kind of in the pre-pro, you know, we're, we're always going to talk to each other and trying to find out what we want to talk about. But I'd said, Sarita, leading a band around Dallas, it's, you know, I've, I've actually gotten out to play a couple of gigs here and there, but everything shut down. So for an artist that this is truly your livelihood, I was really curious. And as you bring that up, so to what extent, how, how long is the set? Are you going to feature older songs? What are you doing with it? And, and are you going to let the people talk back during a show? Just kind of give us an idea of what that virtual tour looks like if I were one of the people watching. For sure. So when I first uh, did this for the first time, when I did like a... I basically, so about a month ago, my first experience with this dynamic and with this medium of doing it via stream was uh, last month, May and June. And what I did was I had an album that you actually just played a little snippet of it in the intro of this podcast. I had an album 
called I Plead the Fifth and I was getting ready to drop this album and I wanted to get some uh, momentum built up around it. So I decided to perform the entire album every day for 30 days, basically. I set myself a goal. I wanted to sell a thousand albums and uh gave myself 30 days to do it and it was gonna the album was gonna drop in 30 days so i wanted to get some pre-sales um just to see you know if i could make it happen so i uh started to perform the album every day the whole set um it would end up with me probably streaming live approximately seven hours a day I'd be live first couple hours, just kind of talking. And, um, then I would get to the performance and I would perform uh, a show for about an hour and a half because I would do the whole album, which would only take 25 minutes. But then because it's like a streaming medium, the show is kind of different. And I'm sure you know that as a performing musician, as a traveling musician, there's a very big difference between streaming and between, um, performing it uh, on a show. I I did some touring with a band called The Main Squeeze. Um, I was in New Orleans and in Texas as well. Um, and I've done live shows before. Um, I've performed, you know, all over LA. I performed at The Mint. I've performed at um, different venues in, in LA. And those shows, the shows when you do a live show, it's it's about like an hour and a half at most. 90-minute show is, is usually a, a typical set. And you kind of get on the stage and people are raging. And it's very like, you know, it's, it's that long. And even that's tiring. But I didn't know... Uh, you know, when I was doing the performance aspect of it here in the stream, in the studio, it's a different, it's a different format. So it's like when the song is over, like your audience is still there, you're still talking to them. So I ended up, it ended up being approximately like seven hour streams each time. Wow. So I, I did that. Yeah. I did that for 30 days. We ended up selling 1200 albums or 1300 albums, uh, in an era when nobody sells albums anymore. Right. And, uh, we charted on billboard. Uh, we charted like number 69 on top album sales. <laughs> and so that was my first experience into this medium of, uh, stream performances. So <clears throat> now I'm doing it with a single. This is the next piece of music that I'm dropping since the album. I took a couple of weeks to just kind of like chill and like make caprese salads on stream because you know the if you know about touring as a musician you know that the 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 toll on you is uh pretty it's intense it can be very hectic it can be tiring um so here we come to the next single right so i'm going to start doing the single and the answer to your question is really i'm not exactly sure how it's going to work out because i've never promoted just a single. So I, I think what I'm going to do is probably end up singing that single many times on one stream, like even potentially 10 or 12 times a stream. Right. And I, you know, I say to the people, I say to my most dedicated viewers, you know, I said this before the album as well. I said, listen, y'all, like I'm going to do a song. I'm going to do an album that you've already heard you know, many times. And, and this too is something, you know, that I wanted to talk to you as well about, because, you know, being a performing musician, a traveling musician, you're in a different city every day. Right. You know, 
And so when you are performing to some people who are there every day and some people who are brand new, how do you make that distinction between keeping the people who've been there the whole time interested still and keeping the new people who are just getting to know you've never seen you before to hear your music and be introduced to it like it was the first time you were performing it. So you have to perform it every single time. Like it's the first time, Exactly. Mm -hmm. but that's, that's, you know, that's really where I'm at. And, and considering that I don't really, I don't really know another artist who's really doing it like me on stream with like that repeated material like that, um, with project like that. I think that as far as I understand, I'm like one of the only artists who's doing it. So there's not really a formula for like, what's the best way to go about it. So it's really like a, we're really in an experimental phase right now where we don't know the outcome is going to be or how it's going to, how it's going to uh, unfold. It's, it's going to be interesting. Well, I think yeah. that part of the reason that came to my mind is, you know, the struggles that it, first off, my band has seven people in it and we, we do Americana. So I've got a fiddle and I've got all these different oh, things. And I'm like, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, but I, for me, I sat there and thought, well, how do we do this to get seven people in one place at one time, get it out there to people. But as somebody that's writing original content, that's why it hit me. And, and so your, your, your answer is absolutely true. You have to find a way to connect with everybody and, and therefore the organic nature of a performance is what it is. But that takes me to a question that, that where I really wanted to start with this. And, and I, I, I want to ask this because there's a great filmmaker, Cameron Crowe, who directed Jerry Maguire, um, almost famous, was also a writer for Rolling Stone for years as, you know, very young man. And he began every interview with a question that I think as a musician is the truth that every musician should be asked. And it is simply this. What does music mean to you, Sarita? Wow. Hitting with the the big guns. (laughs) Let's let's go. Tell me what, what does music mean? And you can start anywhere. I don't care if it's the kid because eventually I want to know how you got started, but tell us what does it do inside your soul and why do you feel the need to keep doing this? For sure. So, uh, uh, all right. So I started doing music, um, My life was actually not music. When I first started out, um, when I was growing up, I played soccer. Um, I did a lot of figure skating. I was like an athlete. Um, I was a, I was just, you know, a regular kid. I was pretty rebellious. I was uh, <laughs> expelled by the third grade. Went to another school. <laughs> oh boy. Ended up going to a bunch of different schools, <laughs> um, and you know, kind of finding my way growing up in Toronto, in the Greater Toronto area. Mm. Uh, and I had a little bit of a, uh, difficult home life. Um, I had a little bit of a complicated situations there that brought me a lot of pain. And, um, I was actually more interested in like international affairs and the global culture club. And, um, my interest was in like world cultures. And so that's kind of where I started learning all these languages. I was just really interested in other cultures and other peoples. And I got a lot of like, I got a lot out of that as a kid. Um, but things in my family life got complicated and I, you know, I was, 
really going through a lot as a kid and I was looking for an outlet of relief from that pain. And I started to write melodies. It, it was, uh, I started writing melodies cause I would hear them in my head and I would just be like, I could just predict what the radio song was going to do. If I had heard a song, like I had heard a song come on the radio and I would like hear the song and I'd be like, I know where, like, I want, let's go up. Like, let's have the melody go up and the melody would go up. And I'd be like, let's bring the melody down. Let's end it. And then the melody would end. And I'd be like, yo, I hear this stuff. Like I know where it's going to go. And it's like, maybe, maybe there's something here for me. And I was, remember I was in art class in high school. Um, and I was, I just said, I was, it was in, I remember it was like in art class with like my teacher and I, and I just said, I was like, I have melodies in my head and like, I need to get them out. I need to get them out. I don't know how nobody in my family was playing music. You know, we weren't even really listening to music. Um, I had no, you know, there was nobody in my family who was guiding me towards music ever as a child. It was purely, uh, you know, other things. Um, and so I started, you know, I started to like write for, write some verses out, like write stuff on paper make some melodies. And I started to, you know, as, as time went on, so it was purely a desire from my heart to get into music. And that's where I got led. I got led to it. I, uh, I had to learn everything as I went. Like that's really my, the way that like everything unfolded for me was like out of necessity. I, I didn't know how to produce. I didn't know how to engineer myself and there was nobody around. Like there was nobody around who could teach me. There was no, there were no online beats yet. Like there were no tutorials. There was no Dave Pensado. There was nothing. It was like, I got, you know, I got logic. I had my computer and I just stared at it. And I was like, what am I going to do? I got to like <laughs> learn how to record something like started playing, you know, started playing some stuff on the piano and, and that's where it all evolved from. So, um, um, from the evolutionary perspective of like how I came to be doing music, it was uh, a result of just like needing to get these melodies out. But from a emotional perspective, I still do music because music, uh, helps me personally through, overcome the pain of my life, overcome my past, make me feel like I'm strong enough to keep going and give me that, like, give me that real reason for living literally just, yeah. That I think, I think that's incredibly evident in, in the songs that I've had a chance to listen to. You know, I, I have a 17 year old daughter and she is my, she is my mini me. She looks like me. She acts like me. She loves the same things, but she'll bring in a lot of music to me that doesn't naturally hit my radar. But what I always tell her is I don't care what it is. I I'm a, a slave to melody and lyrics. And as long as there's a melodic nature to a song, I'm immediately interested. And that was something, uh, one of your songs creeping hit me with the melodic. Oh my God, th- that the melody is spot on. So I can hear your sense of melody. And I think starting from a point because mine is rhythm, rhythm gets in my head and it doesn't go away. And that's, you know, I started playing piano and my mom said, you're, I was playing by ear, but I wasn't practicing. What would you practice? I said, give me a drum set. Well, drums and rhythm doesn't leave my head in the same way. Um, but when I listen to a song like creeping, I can hear that melodic nature that you're talking about that just expresses you. And, and, and I, I love knowing where an artist comes from with that. And what I think also is that when you say things like, you had a computer and you just sat there in front of it. 
that's no different than when a drum sets in front of somebody and you have you first time someone put sticks in my hand, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with it? But you, that dedication to it and you go. So it's evident that you did that. I think really, and I know Jeff was going to say something. I'm almost galvanizing this moment. It's all right. I'm incredibly interested when we get there to know, because to me, and I I've studied part of it in school, the producing and the engineering part, the fact that you learned this stuff on your own. And I mean, the work you're doing in your songs for somebody that claims to be a neophyte to this. Hey, I taught myself to do it. Well, damn, I wish we all could teach ourselves <laughs> to do it to the level you're doing it to. Uh, to give credit where credit is due, uh, around 2012, I did discover Dave Pensado and okay. I watched a lot of those. I just tried to soak that up. Um, but yeah, I threw myself into the industry head first and a lot of what I learned came from like watching people work and just doing it so much. Yeah. Well, I think, I, and I know Jeff, I swear I'm gonna let you talk, but I it's think right. that's true. In, in my yeah jeff just sit over the side straight <laughs> out of talking. um in the intro jeff mentions i have a degree in film and, and the truth of what i know about film is listening to martin scorsese talk to listening to the great directors talk and hearing them talk about the aesthetics so don't ever diminish what you've got because what you've got is a gift and it's great i'll, Thank I'll you. stop stroking your ego there and let my podcast partner ask just, what he wants to ask i'm just now. gonna start raising my hand because that's what they taught me in school um so, I mean, I loved all of that, and I'm right there with Todd on, on just being able to teach yourself the software and everything. Uh, my father raised me on the Rolling Stones and and Frank Zappa and some sophisticated music, and I took piano for, for a number of years. So my question to you is, is not as deep as Todd's, but I remember the first time I heard the Bee Gees many, many years ago. What song? Which song? Oh, I, I thought, first I thought the... I think it might have been, oh, love. Deep as your love was good, but I think it was more of a disco one, uh, not so much a, a ballad. I'll think of it in a second. But we were in the car, and I was like, "What's that?" And my dad was like, "Not going to have any of it. <laughs> we were not going to be a disco family." And so my question to you is, you know, obviously early influences music what was some of the the first music you heard where you were just like because i i don't know why that and michael jackson and some and some other music that i hear to me was very visceral and and all of a sudden i was just right there and i was like wow this is the coolest thing ever you know no disrespect to frank zampa and everybody but it 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 somehow hit my ear uh in a way that it had never been hit before so what were some of your early influences or musics that you really went crazy about so, uh, well, first of all, I feel like when you find certain music, like I feel like people from older generations will always be like, oh man, you gotta get into this or you gotta get into that. Right. But it's like, when you hear what you love, it's like, yeah. you're looking over there like, yo, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is, this is the Bee Gees. It was the Bee Gees you were saying, right? Yes, it's the Bee Gees yes. where it's at. Yeah. So wait, uh, before I answer that question, I just realized I want to send out a tweet that I'm here on this podcast right now. Can you let me know the Twitter handle where people can come and find us? I have it at Hectos. I said live with Hectos on Twitch, the other kind radio tune in. Yes. Let me give it to you right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, our uh, official is uh, TOK for the other kind. TOK radio. That's our, our official our Twitter? Twitter. Yeah. Okay, cool. Then they can find you there. Okay, R A D I O. 
Oh, I got it. Okay, perfect, perfect. Thank you so um, much. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, let me also just link my handle here. How much better she so is. Can you... yeah. Right. Well, because I always forget to tell people until it's too late, and then they're like, "Oh, I missed it," and I'm like, "That's my bad because I never tell anybody what I'm doing." <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I even work in the internet world and for some reason my brain does not go towards, Hey, we got to put it out there. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. No problem. All right. So, uh, some music that I heard that really did that for me. Well, uh, all right. So, uh, you know, I went through some musical phases. I've had a couple of different phases. I would say the first song that really like, what the, I remember hearing it on the radio and I was like, what the fuck is that? That shit is fire. <laughs> it was a song by Dr. Dre. Ah. And I think it was produced by Dr. Dre, but it was Gwen Stefani and EVE, Eve. And it was the song that go, let me blow your mind, drop your glasses, shake your asses, face screwed up like you having hot flashes. <laughs> I love that. I just love that vibe, like the bait, the beat and the bass. And so I, I fell in love with that song. Um, another another artist that, that really did that for me when I because there's been gaps between when an artist really moved me. It was like. I have all these pockets of times where I heard something that really moved me. Another, another song that really moved me when I heard it was "Use Somebody" by Kings of Leon. Mm. Oh yeah, familiar. Something about that song, and for me, it was always song specific. And um, I really did, honestly, the Bee Gees. I love the Bee Gees too. I'm not gonna lie, "Staying Alive," that funk, that consistent, like I don't know what you call it, but it just it's rolling, and it just. The melody is just floating on top. Uh, the the other one I would say is uh, XXX Tentacion. Um, some of his songs I heard, they just got me in my core immediately. Uh, I could say I felt that way about uh, Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd. I could say that about uh, even like Dying to Live, uh, uh, what was it? It's this Kodak Black song. Like, I don't know. It, it's very varied for me, but <clears throat> I would say the one about Eve and, uh, and, and believe it or not, the thong song. Like when I heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but this sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just having memories of like hearing stuff on the radio when I was little, yeah. um, very little, you know, I don't know, but these memories kind of sticking in my mind and and, that, uh, and to me i think that's what creates such an interesting footprint when you when you do hear that and and it can and it could be set by mood maybe maybe a certain song hits you a certain way because you're sad or or you just had a great day or whatever um just the, the follow-up question and then and then i'll turn it back over to todd uh first concert like was your mind blown what do you remember who 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 you saw first or in a live concert Uh-oh. Did we lose her? Me or? Yeah. No, no. I, no, I, Todd, I know Todd's. Todd, Todd saw Springsteen oh. and his ears fell off. Uh, oh. I, I was talking to you. I'm sorry, Serena. <laughs> no problem. I, th I thought you meant Todd. Um, so some artists that I saw in person. Well, um, I followed the Arctic Monkeys uh, on their tour of the U.S. And I think it was like 2010. Um, I went to some of those shows. Those shows were awesome. Um, I've seen, uh, 
you know, this is going to sound weird. I've had like little experiences where I've seen different artists. Um, I saw Jay-Z and Eminem when I was young. Mm. Yeah, I was young. I saw them in Detroit and for the home and home show. And I have to tell you, if you've ever seen Eminem perform live, it is Jay-Z too. But like Eminem is one of the best live performers I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know why it is. It's like something about his energy. It's something about his passion for what he does is crazy. Now, keep in mind, I've never seen Beyonce live. I, when I was very, very young, like super, super young, I did get taken to a concert with the Rolling Stones. I've actually seen the Rolling Stones. It was my first concert I've ever been to. The first concert I ever went to was Stars Stock in Toronto um, for that whole SARS thing. It's funny how we're coming back around with, you know, another COVID type of thing now, but yeah. So I actually saw them. I was so young though. I barely remember it. Um, somebody else I saw live, um, you know, uh, when I was in New York a couple of years ago, I saw Bruce Hornsby live. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh Hell of a piano player. Yeah. And, and he was with, uh, it was, it wasn't just him. It was Bruce Hornsby and it was a friend of his who does Americana music. Actually. I don't know if you remember his name. I can't remember his name, but I went to see him and it was awesome. It was Bruce Hornsby and yeah, he's done a lot of stuff with a lot of guys from the dead as well. And he'll go off on those little tangential tours. And I can't think of probably who that was he was with, but I'm yeah. sure he's amazing. He's amazing. I did that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like <clears throat> moments that really awed me or other people I've seen live. I've seen Nora Jones live. She was awesome. Wow. That was really good music. It's just a different experience. <clears throat> and then I've seen, you know, uh, just like it's, it varies. I've seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers live. That was awesome. Um, I've seen Radiohead live. Those were the first tickets I ever purchased myself to go wow. watch a, a band live. Yeah, that was in Toronto. Very eclectic. Um, yes. Yeah, super eclectic. That's that's really my style. I've always been like all over music, different kinds of music. So, right. to that extent, let me let me start by asking. We've talked a lot of, of live. Do you, do you prefer to perform live, or do you prefer to be in the studio writing? your stuff and being alone inside your heart and your head. Um, I probably prefer to be live, but the way that my life has taken me, um, you know, I never like, I was never given a record deal by, uh, you know, I, I've been out here in LA and I worked in LA. Um, but I never actually got like, you know, okay, we're going to sign you here you go. And I wasn't, it was never handed to me. So most of my experience has been in the studio. You know, when I started, when I started streaming on Twitch, I just went live on the process I was doing myself anyways, every single day. Like I've been putting in the work long before I started streaming what I was doing. And I was like, it's taking me so much time to get these songs out and I can't share them with my fans. Let me just do the process. So I'm much more comfortable in the studio environment because this is where I've been. I was a songwriter in LA. Um, I came here, I became a songwriter. I, you know, wrote a number one record for another artist that went, you know, I've written, I've written records for other artists. A lot of times I've written songs for movies and stuff. So I really feel comfortable in this environment. And this is, I think where 
I'm stemming out from. And I, and when I go on tour, I've always been on tour accompanying someone else's tour. I haven't had my own major tour. So there's pluses and minuses to both. I would definitely say like the tour life is hard for artists and it's really exhausting. So in one sense, I almost feel lucky. It's like, wow, like you guys have to fly all the way over there and pay all this much money to go on tour and perform for these people. But like I'm doing performances for these people and these people all from my studio. So, you know, way you're, you know, I, I think as opposed to a lot of artists that I like that are still pretty aware of putting stuff out socially an artist like you that really organically grew from here, you're positioned in the midst of COVID to actually seize upon that. So I, I, I don't look at it as a detriment to you that you didn't have a record com- uh, contract given to you. I think every musician in the world dreams of that, but at the same time, we also know the crap that goes along with that, the freedom that you probably have an experience is now putting you in that position to do that. So I, I, I put that aside more to tell you that I, I think what you're doing is beyond admirable. I, I love, I love artists like this. I would prefer as a film fanatic, I'd rather see somebody make a movie on their own than go through the, the studio system, etc. So when we see Serena in the studio with your music and you're writing a song, where does that start from? Do you start with the melody? Do you start with a beat? What, what, what does it usually organically grow from? So it always depends on like the energy of the day. There's been songs I've written that have been like direct responses to someone saying some hate and ass shit in my chat. Like they'll say something <laughs> and I'll be like, uh, I don't know this or that. And then like, I'll just do a whole song that happened a couple of times. Um, I, I've, I've had songs like this, the song that started off that EP, believe it, the one that you played in the intro of this podcast, that song was, I got raided. And then I was like, Oh shit, I just got raided. I got to show them something. So I just sang the song and that was like a full freestyle. That song was almost freestyled like off the rip wrist wet in the moment. So everything changes. If I'm feeling moody that day, we'll probably write a moody song. If I'm feeling happy and energetic, I'll do an energetic song, you know, and, and, and it's cool too. Like a lot of like people who watch the stream, they get to hear songs that aren't going to come out for months. Like even the song that PlayStation five used as their like official song of mine, my chat heard that song six months before PlayStation used it in the PlayStation five reveal. So it kind of, and then they're playing around like, yo, I can hear this in like a video game. Like, Oh, I hear this in like this kind of thing. So it's, it's really cool the way that that kind of, they get to see the dynamic of like everything that goes into like being an artist behind the scenes before things get presented, before things come out to the public. And also I think a lot of the struggle that goes along with that, a lot of the work, a lot of the, um, you know, the back end stuff of being an artist, it's never really been on the forefront before. I don't know. I don't know another artist in the world who's putting their unfinished material out to the point where it's like, here's the rough mumbles and there's not even words. And then, you know, it was like an example like last night, like I had to explain to like, you know, the chat of like 900 people. Well, it's not all finished. I just started this song five minutes ago. And like a lot of times they don't understand because they've never seen anything like right. you've never seen it. So it's different, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of learning that too. And like my chat, I think some of my chat tries to help people understand that it's, you know, the rough process, but you know, doing this open-ended, um, this open-ended, uh, approach to being an artist is, I don't really know where it's going to end up. You know, is this, is this kind of like an uncharted wild, wild west of like the post coronavirus world is like, does this 
does this work? You know, does it work to be an artist like like this? Well, one you know? of the one of the things I want to touch on real quick, uh, Todd, because I know you're ready. But but I think that I think therein lies the the not having the contract or the or the you know the big studios interested in in producing your content um, is beneficial because you're absolutely right. And and to me that was the thing when I was watching your stream for the first time. I'm like I'm like holy shit. She is like this is behind behind the scenes. This is not just you know like hey I'm gonna play a sound you know and and this is okay. Do you like it? I was watching you layer everything and, and do all of that. And I think that's the great thing about you taking advantage of it is you don't have somebody saying, no, 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 we can't release that yet. You know, we're, we want to make sure it's perfect. And I think therein lies, uh, fandom and, 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 and people appreciating, I guess that's a better word, appreciating your, your process and your content and, and your music, because you're almost on that journey with them. You know, you can go see a stand up comic, tell jokes and it's funny. But if they were there when the jokes were kind of being written and the different things were popping off, I think that would be uh, an interesting behind the scenes as well. So kudos and, and tip of the cap to you on that. Go ahead, Todd. Thank you. I just wanted to say that I also love that too. There's there's some truth about that when, and, and I say this often when we break down movies and things like that, when, when you look at the finished product, it's real easy to blast away and say, well, that just sucks but you don't realize the layers of work that went into it prior to it getting to your plate where you can say it sucks. So for an artist to be brave enough to say, Hey, here's an idea I'm working on. And it, it frustrates the snot out of me too, that, um, that, that people would treat you like that. So listen, kudos to you for being brave enough to, to bear your soul because as somebody who's done this, I understand those moments too. When people aren't getting what you know, the final thing is going to be keep doing it. Please don't stop that. Even if a record company comes and says it, you say, damn it. Todd told me that I can't stop doing this. Right. She's, she's going to turn down millions of dollars because Todd told her not to do that's that. Right. I mean, that's, what, that's what I did. I, I told myself I couldn't accept millions of dollars. So. Right. Right. I would have taken you know what? Go ahead. I feel I feel really I feel so blessed that I wasn't signed because um, I've seen so many of my friends now and my contemporaries who took record deals who are trapped in terrible scenarios who have no guidance who have not like you know I ended up on Twitch out of necessity you know there I was so I was so lonely and I was working on my own I don't have the budget to work with other producers on a daily basis where get a full time engineer in here and pay them twenty five dollars an hour hours to be here and record for me. So it was it my whole life and my whole musical journey has been out of necessity. It's just due to the fact that I didn't have another way, it ended up being this. So when I ended up just hitting go live on my phone and sitting here in the studio, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna like play a little song for y'all, like, you know, started like that. But now it's like it's true. The freedom, the freedom that I have to make the songs I want. And so really listen to my fans in advance and be like, yo, you guys want this song really a lot. So like, I'll drop this song next. It's like, now I can really actually service them the stuff that they really care about. So it, it, it gives me so much more like connection to them and like understanding together where we're up and where we're headed. And I'm so blessed that like it didn't work out for me because all my friends who are in record deals now are totally trapped and stuck and their labels are like, we're not sending you on tour. Like, so it's like their careers are just, they flatlined. And it's it's like you created this element of it that didn't exist before. It's almost like the recording element becomes its own performance 
in a way you know mm-hmm. we don't ever really get the behind the scenes of a lot of albums i grew up with we don't even see footage of it and now you're almost taking it the flip side which i'm going to show you every bit i do so you're absolutely right i mean you're 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 forging paths that haven't even been there before that's what they, that's what I've heard. Like people say that to me and it's like, wow, I never even, I didn't think about what I was starting when I started this. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't on just run sheet, that takes me to a question that I'm chomping at the bit to get to. Cause I've, I've said the things about music, but probably my big passion are films. And when Jeff told me you had done film work, I was like, what? And so we started going out there and, and lo and behold, there you are on IMDB, uh, that you were in the Zac Efron, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. So how did that come about? So, um, I, uh, I've been doing like extra work in Hollywood just to pay some bills. Cause you know, like it's crazy. Like it's really hard to get paid for music. So I was like, Oh, you know what? I'll just go in and do a little bit of extra work here, there on the side. And so, you know, I, I see the auditions come and like, um, I don't even have an agent, you know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I just respond to these, these, I just respond to these, these calls on like, you know, those services or whatever, where you get the call for the audition. And, um, I did a videotaped uh, audition for it. And I was first auditioning for the role of Caroline Boone. Um, but I don't have any accolades to my name yet. So they kind of wanted to go with someone who was going to sell the movie more like a famous person. So they chose someone very famous for that role. Uh, but they still gave me a role. And, and I remember like I was, um, I was in Miami about to, to, about to embark. I was on a cruise ship, standing on a cruise ship in Miami with the main squeeze, the band. Cause we were going to go do these shows on this cruise ship. Uh, it was like a, it was like a cruise is jam, jam cruise, jam cruise, it's jam bands get on a cruise and doing a bunch of shows and scat singing performances. And I got this email and I said, Hey, we, you know, we saw your audition for this part. Um, we'd like to cast you for this part. And I was like, holy fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, holy fuck. So yeah, I, I literally, that was my first, that was my first, um, principal role. And they flew me out to, I don't remember where they flew me out to now. It's crazy. Like I, I always see these like people on interviews and stuff and they're like, <laughs> how can you not remember where they flew you out to? Like, this is a big deal. And it's like, but I don't remember. They yeah. flew me out, I think to Kentucky. Um, I got, it was, it was amazing. I remember thinking, damn, I should get more into movies. Like what is this music stuff? Cause I've been hustling in music for so long. And, <laughs> and then, you know, I just get this role and it's like, I have a rented car and like the payment is is right away and like here's your script here's your hotel room here's your trailer like everything was just like so smooth like catering taken care of and met the director and you know shot some awesome scenes and got to meet lily collins and everybody else on set was so nice and it was so pro and honestly it was just an amazing experience um and then i remember this isn't on my imdb but uh, even more exciting experience. And also again, through literally background work was getting to do extra work on the Tarantino film this summer. And that was really awesome because Tarantino is one of my idols just for his creative will to push through with his ideas, despite the studios trying to make him do other things. And I'm always such a big fan of like, that's where I, I try to live my life like that, like Tarantino, where it's like, even if someone doesn't believe in my vision for what I want with my music, I still do it 
because I believe in it. And Tarantino's did that. So like going to work at the Playboy mansion for two days straight, <clears throat> getting to be in some scenes with Margot Robbie, getting to, you know, meet all these like crazy actors, getting to have conversations with Tarantino one-on-one, wow. have him like choose me out of a whole bunch of extras to go play Roman Polanski's dance partner in the scene. And just hearing him run his set, like watching him run his set was like one of the coolest experiences in my life. Cause he's such a professional at like leading his team. And like, that was so inspiring for me too. So yeah, the, the, that year and then COVID now, of course there's no acting happening. I shot something in January. I shot something I, I can't talk about. Mm-hmm. I can't say what it is, but I shot something in January in Atlanta and actually coming back from it is when coronavirus started happening. Uh. So it was like, I just shot that and I was flying back and I was like, dang, like, I think I'm going to wear a mask on this airplane. And it was like the end of January, beginning of February. So it wasn't really big in the United States yet, but it was still, we were at that place. And I was like, dang, like everyone now in movies has been talking about it. Like there's no, there's no movie work happening because of coronavirus right now. Yeah. I've got a lot of friends in the business too, that are hitting that, that hard truth. And it's at least exciting that you can then turn back to the to the music and can at least put yeah. your art out in that manner so yeah. all those people out there that are hurting right now we understand and hopefully hopefully they'll figure out how to get that going again all right i'm going to do a reset real quick here you're listening to the kind of radio and uh our a special special guest today is serena who has been kind enough to give us her time we've got about 12 minutes left so i know uh, unless there's anything I mean, we can we can work off the fly here um, but the one part, part of the, uh, of the run sheet that I've got here that I also wanted to get into was, you know, it's, it's a pop culture podcast. So we talk about shows and movies and all that stuff, but I'm kind of interested maybe a lot of your fans would know, and you may discuss it on your, on your, uh, stream there, but what are you, what are you watching? You know, obviously with everything going on, you're very busy in the studio. You've got a lot of stuff going on, but can you tell us about what kind of, what kind of elements of pop culture, some shows or movies or anything that you're watching right now that you're really inter- uh, interested in? So, um, I have been, like you said, like you already know, I've been working an insane amount. Uh, coronavirus has had me busier than before, not the other way around, but, um, I've been, uh, so I got Disney plus Mm -hmm. and, um, I just, I know there's been a couple of things that I'm trying to get to watching. I want to watch black is King by, uh, the Beyonce uh, film. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet though. Um, I also want to watch, uh, there's like, uh, I know that there, so I, I can't even front. Like I always am like, I like to keep my, my finger on the pulse of like what's happening politically. Like I used to do debate in school Mm. and, um, I used to be involved in politics briefly, uh, on like, a a national level somewhat like a a youth level, but like national youth level. And so I kind of want to watch this. I want to watch that documentary that everyone's talking about on, uh, ice immigration nation. I want to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's very contentious. I've heard, I mean, obviously there's a lot going on right now in the world. Um, there's a lot happening. So I feel like I kind of want to see that just to see how it's, how that is. Um, but I, 
uh, as far as like shows, that's it. Um, I've also heard really good things about Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography. Mm. So total recall my unbelievable true life story. I want to read that because I feel like there's probably some like in, info in there. That's kind of interesting. I like Arnold Schwarzenegger as like, I don't know, the Terminator. Sure. So yeah. So that's, that's what I'm on right now. What about you guys? What are you watching? Jeff well I, I'm, I'm like she's she's active and doing all this great work and everything and I'm like well the Mandalorian was was kind of fun and and like I watch I did watch uh, Midnight in Paris and it's funny that I ran across that I don't know if you've seen that movie Serena but it's uh it's a Woody a Woody Allen movie um and it's about it's shot in Paris have you seen it Todd because I was going to ask you about that and for me right now with everything going on it was a great film to watch because it's it's just a nice little nugget of romance and basically the story is there's a writer who is in paris and goes for a walk one night and gets transported back into the 20s uh not by any kind of like terminator lightning storm or anything it's just kind of happens and then he bumps into oh come on help me todd he bumps into pablo picasso uh the fitzgeralds uh, Hemingway, just kind of in these random circles where he's like at a party and they they are just happen to be there. And he's like this writer from the 20th century. And he's, and he's just like, oh my God, here's Hemingway. So it's it's kind of offbeat, but it, it, at the same time, it's kind of a cute romance story. It's definitely one of those with Woody that taps more into Purple Rise of Cairo and films like that, where it's not just the typical Woody Allen film, but that's a great film. And it, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually proud of you. You watched it, Jeff. I'm the I'm the film neophyte. This this whole podcast started because Todd told me that the greatest movie ever made was uh, Citizen Kane, and I remember seeing it in tenth grade and going like, "This is the most boring thing in the world." And Todd immediately took offense, and then we went through and watched the the sixty percent of the AFI's top one hundred films of all time, and the end of the story is. I watched Citizen Kane and I was like, this is one of the greatest, if not the greatest movie ever made. So that's kind of how we started this whole process. I highly recommend that movie if you haven't, if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I do want to see it. I've seen Clockwork Orange, which some people I think have compared to that movie, um, which is crazy. I, I do want to watch Midnight in Paris. I'm actually writing these down oh. <laughs> because sometimes when I'm like at the end of a day, when I'm super exhausted, I'll want to like, catch up on stuff and i actually started the mandalorian and i've heard amazing things the first episodes i watched i actually loved so much but then i flew back from toronto i was watching it in toronto i flew mm. back from toronto and i went headfirst into some other stuff and i haven't been able to catch back up yet but i do want to see that well i will tell you as the person that beats the drum for citizen kane for someone that likes artists that are like no one's going to tell me Orson Welles takes, he, he does the War of the Worlds radio broadcast that changed radio, gets a contract to Hollywood, and they say you can make whatever movie you want. He makes a film that takes every bit of radio technology to <laughs> film and changes the lines. If you want to love it, uh-oh. Obvious, not a, obviously not a fan of Citizen Kane right there. I'm right with you, whoever's barking. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know what she's barking at. <laughs> what I'm watching, I actually, I, I just finished Euphoria with my daughter last night. I, Is it good? I've oh. heard so much good stuff about that too. So I watched first episode and this is really hard when you have a teenage daughter you know and you you watch that first you're like holy shit i do not want to see and i'm very real with her tell me what's going on i'd rather we talk about it than get it from somewhere else right it is hardcore but oh my god is it good it is consistent it's amazing (laughs) and it's sorry it's all right Come here, baby. <laughs> it's usually Todd's dogs that are, are barking during the uh, during the record, so not a problem. <laughs> Everybody, hey. this is baby. Aw. Hey. She just <laughs> wanted to be on the show. And I, I, yeah. And the cool thing is, uh, on the stream, when uh, Serena's uh, streaming and, and she's doing the, you know, back and forth between the microphone and the computer and everything, you'll, you always see the dog curled up underneath your desk just kind of hanging out, like chilling while you're, while you're doing everything. I think that's great. Baby's a studio dog. Yep. Oh, someone's knocking. <laughs> Pardon me, y'all. That's, that's all right. It's all right. So as we wind down, I want I want to throw out one thing to you that as a Southern person, I want to really tell you how much I appreciate that you said New Orleans and not New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You are in a place in my heart for actions. <laughs> Thank you very much. That oh makes- my gosh. <laughs> of course. Are you from, are you originally from New Orleans or you're just near there? My uh, grandmother lived around. Family down there. It's all right. I'm so sorry about her. Y'all. No, no, so it's sorry. okay. It's all right. <laughs> so I, I didn't hear what you said, Todd. I don't even know if you're from New Orleans. No, I'm not. But my grandmother lived in Port Arthur, Texas, which is right by the Louisiana border. So I had a ton of family down in that area. And so having grown up around a bunch of Cajun people and then hearing people going, we're going to New Orleans. I'm like, no, you're not. And so thank you. When you said that, I was like, oh, <laughs> of course, of course. All right. Well, so let's go ahead and we'll start wrapping stuff up. I mean, we, I, I know Todd and I could sit here and talk to you for hours about all that. And I know you got uh, other things to do. So uh, I do want to make sure that we hit all the notes, social media and everything for you, since Todd and I always forget. Uh, I know you have an official uh, website, uh, serratoofficial.com forward slash shop, where you can buy your music and everything. Where else can people go to get uh, you know, your merch or, or songs and, and music and everything. So you can, uh, you can get my stuff at, uh, on Twitch. I'm live on Twitch every day, twitch.tv slash Sarita. Um, my Twitter again, Sarita TV. Uh, I'm on TikTok as well. If I'm on TikTok before it gets shut down, if it gets shut down, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, www. Actually it's HGTV serrateofficial.com if you go there you'll find my store you can get my music there um yeah and and stay tuned because uh, this this week next week we're about to start the single tour so you'll be able to catch my live performances every day on twitch for the next i think we're doing three and a half weeks that's that fantastic awesome. final words todd anything else you want to throw out there no i just i really want to say thank you so much for coming on with us i I appreciate you spending time with us. It's, it's to me, it's always fun to talk to somebody in the middle of the creative process. And 
I found you now and I'm going to keep listening. So I can't wait to hear more stuff. It's a pleasure to both of y'all. I'm really excited too, that, um, we're doing this podcast and I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm excited. I feel like we're going to be linking up at some point in the future down the line and recapping on everything. Um, and I love what you guys are doing and, you know, I, I think your podcast is amazing. So <laughs> keep up the great work as well. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Uh, really do appreciate that. Once again, uh, let's give a round of applause to Serena, who's joined us from her studio. I had to get the crowd out. Now I've got the crowd back in. Yeah, keep keep right. going. I mean, she's come on. All right, all right, good. Uh, all right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Other Kind Radio. We'll be back next week again. Thank you to Serena for joining us, and uh, just want. Oh, I know one other thing. I need to get. I'm sorry. Already, already forgetting my producer notes here. We were wondering if we could get a liner from you. And uh, normally people say, you know, this is Rated, you're listening to the other kind of radio. Uh, I always remind our listeners at the end uh, of the uh, podcast that we are the other kind of radio, meaning it's a community and people can share and, and join us. So I was wondering if you'd be willing to say, uh, this is Rated, reminding you we are the other kind of radio. Sure. All right. This is Rated. Let me do that again. I, I... <laughs> you can okay. put her on the spot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No Should've worries at all. You know what? I don't have my. I haven't done a lot of radio. Uh, I haven't done a lot of radio appearances on different channels yet, so I'm not fully tuned in to <laughs> my radio voice. I need to activate my radio voice. Yes, yeah, voice is fine. It's whenever we throw out something. Hey, could you say this? Inevitably, everybody's of brains. Of course. Yeah. What is it you me to say? Todd, you. Todd usually goes, Jeff, spell your name. And I'm like, what? I can't, I, I, I remember it. So please go ahead. This is Sabeda and you are listening to The Other Kind Radio. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, thank uh, you so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you. All right, y'all. Have a All great right. one. Talk right. to you soon. Bye, Bye. everybody.